This might be the first episode I've done on my new phone. I know I, I talked for two hours the other night into this thing, but I decided not to release it. But I, yeah, I got a new phone. My last one was six years old. Still a baby. Six years old, still a baby. But you tell people your phone's six years old in today's world, and they go, why? I had more than one person say that. The exact same thing. It just came up, because people talk about their phones all the time. It's just conversation. I mean, it's, it's a, an active part, an active part of everybody's lives. And they talk about them quite a bit, it turns out. But when it would come up, it would usually come up because someone would ask me about an app. Came up with a, a girl I work with was like, well, do you have Cash App? Do you have Cash App? Do you have Ketchup? Do you have Cash App? And I was like, oh no, I've never used it. She's like, what? And one, I don't want it. But two, my phone just couldn't get any more apps. My old phone couldn't get any more. But when you when you say it to people, because it's this whole it's this chain of feedback. It's a feedback loop now. It's a it's like this this just chain of like ant of like responses that everybody gives, where the same conversation happened more than once. Where, well, can can I just send it to you on Cash App? And I was like, I don't have that. And she's like, why? And I was like, because my phone is six years old and, you know, it, it does what I need. It's like, your phone is six years old? Why? It's like a baby, how babies get into that game where they ask why over and over again. That's kind of what it's like. But uh, a lot of why. Had that same conversation more than once. Why is your phone six years old? Like the idea of having a six-year-old phone is insane to some people. Uh, and then same with like, like I was talking to this 18 year old kid and I was like, oh, I've got a new phone. My boss gave me a new phone. I just haven't set it up. I've had it for four months. Just haven't gotten around to setting it up. He's like, you've had it for four months. Why haven't you set it up? Why? And I was like, I, I just, that's, a, that's an entire evening for me. If I want to get the new phone set up, that means I'm spending hours in the evening doing that, and I don't want to spend hours in the evening doing that. So anyway, I've got a new one finally, and it's it's really fast. It's you know I'm not uh, I'm not bitter about the upgrade, what they call being bitter about the upgrade, because it's really fast and convenient. I like it a lot. I'm gonna keep this one for ten years, but this is the first episode I'm probably going to release with this phone. I used to, I remember I, I used to talk into a microphone. I used to use a mixer and a microphone. I started just recording these into my phone because I like to go on walks. I like to go on walk talks. And then now I just don't even record anything into the mixer or microphone. It's just a phone only show. It's a phone show. But anyway, this morning I was thinking, I, I think I know what made me think this. I had a dentist appointment this morning. Hadn't been in three years. My teeth have gotten so fucked up. I had, uh, had gum issues for a long time. Because I didn't go to a dentist for ten years. I think between 2009 and 2000. Maybe longer. It might have been longer than ten. It might have been twelve years. Now that I think about it. I think between 2007 
in 2019, I didn't go to the dentist once. And during that time too, is when I was like drinking and just go to bed without brushing my teeth. I was never disgusting. Like the state of my mouth on a day-to-day basis was never disgusting, but just that took its toll. And amazingly, after going to the dentist after 12 years of not going, I had no cavities, but I had serious gum recession. But that's the thing too, is like my gums were never like puffy and bleeding all the time, maybe a little bit, but you know, never, um, never what you'd expect of like typical gingivitis, they just receded. Um, stay with me, buddy. And uh, yeah, so I went this morning and uh, you know, it'd been about three years. And uh, you know, cause like in the last couple of weeks, I noticed, like I started having pain in my lower teeth. And I, I really examined them for the first time. Like I brush the teeth with the lights off. You know, I don't look, um, I don't look freakish or anything. Like my teeth has have some staining. And like I said, some gum recession. They're not, not great. But if you were talking to me, unless you're one of those people who really zeroes in on someone's teeth, which some people do, just like some people are really phone obsessed. They want to know about the year your phone was made, what type it is, all that. Um, some people really zero in on your teeth. I don't do that. Unless someone has really fucked up teeth, I don't really think about them. Or unless they're really showing you your teeth on purpose. I don't really look at that. But some people do, like, you'll be with a group of people and you meet somebody and they're like, did you see his teeth? You know, it's this, they, they just really focus on the teeth. And it's always a weird thing when you're talking to somebody and you notice them looking at something about you. Like you notice their eyes keep going to something on your face or a part of you. It's always weird to me, like where I'm like, this person's looking at me, talking to me, and I know they're looking at something on me. Not anything even bad, they're just looking at something. And I wanna say, I know you're looking at something. And this is why I don't like eye contact. I'm not bashful. I just think it's it's too intimate and there's, there's too much to look at because people will be looking at your teeth, looking at this, looking at your hairline. Remember I had a boss who was a balding man at an old job and he and I went to the grocery store for lunch together and uh, there was another co-worker with us and the cashier was like this middle-aged guy and my boss and that guy just like bounced back and forth like some banter and then uh, the other co-worker was like you guys uh, really hit it off you guys are like best friends and my boss goes yeah we can be the balding bros and I was like I didn't even notice that the cashier was balding I didn't even notice and you know what I've seen that cashier he's, he's actually my favorite cashier I actually I know multiple people he's their favorite cashier and they all came to that independently he was my mom's favorite cashier and I should tell him that I should be like you know my mom she's dead but you were her favorite cashier I think I mentioned him on here because I want I would like to have an action figure of him like a three and three-fourths inch 
G.I. Joe Star Wars sized action figure of this guy. But one time I was talking to my mom and I was like, yeah, you know, at, at uh, Top Foods, you know who my favorite cashier is? That guy with the mustache. The guy with the mustache. And uh, she was like, oh, he's my absolute favorite. I always, I always tell him how great he is. And then I have a friend who's lived here forever who said the same thing. But anyway, like, like my old boss just was bantering with this guy and was like, someone made a comment, oh, you guys are like best buddies now. And he's like, yeah, we could be the balding bros. Because this boss, it was really a lesson for me as, as a balding man now myself. Uh, it was really a lesson for me on like how not to handle losing your hair. Because uh, you're gonna think about it. You're not gonna like it. But this old boss I had was just like he was—he was actually like the the living manifestation of a joke that my friend Nick and I had in high school about a guy who's bald, who like gets up in front of a crowd and goes, "I'm bald, I'm bald," like who just announces it. And I made one of my shitty grandpa comics about that joke, where shitty grandpa gets his grandchildren together and like brings them close and he's like I have an announcement I have to make you know I've been hiding this for some time it's almost like someone coming out that's sort of the joke it's it's very similar to a guy coming out um, but then he announces that he's bald and then in my grandpa comic his grandchildren go like we know grandpa we've always known and then they all hug and then his head becomes a planet in outer space. Uh, but that was based on my friend Nick and I, like this old joke we had, which was just like a bald guy who just comes out as bald. And uh, what it reminds me of too is going off and spiraling in all sorts of different directions, fracturing. It's like there was this guy in high school, this kind of, this big fat weird looking guy, we call it a big fat weird looking guy. And there was a day, uh, there was like a gay straight alliance at school. And I guess he was a member, but like claimed he wasn't gay. And uh, there was one day though in the cafeteria where they had TVs on showing uh, just like school stuff, school announcements. And he went around the cafeteria just at the peak of lunch hour and he turned off all of the TVs and in front of the whole cafeteria he announced that he was gay and everybody just said nothing people just like looked up and then just like they didn't go like boo or they, and they didn't clap or cheer it was like they just were like oh and then they went back like the jocks and people they were just like oh the only like nobody afterward nobody discussed the content of what he said. Everyone's just like, isn't it crazy that guy just turned off all the TVs and announced that in front of the whole school? But that was kind of like Nixon, my joke. Like, I'm bald, I'm bald. There's a certain tone of voice that we had when we would make the joke, like, I'm bald, I'm bald. And uh, Anyway, like the CEO at the company I worked for, he was like the living embodiment of that because he would go around the office and he would continually reference that he was balding. 
And like one time I had gotten a haircut, and at that point I don't think my hair loss was like that very evident. It wasn't. And uh, it's like 12 years ago. Everything's 12 years ago. Um, and he, he was like, oh, nice haircut. Where'd you get it? And I told him, and he's like, you think you're going to ever lose your hair? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I might. And <laughs> But, yeah, he would just always go around. And, like, it's, it's kind of like a self-deprecating thing. Where it's all, what it is, it's kind of a form of like mentioning the thing people are going to be bullying you about before they get a chance so that you seem like you're okay with it. But it's also just being obsessed with it. Because I mean, I'll, I'll readily admit, like, since I started losing my hair, I uh, think about it a lot. Even though I don't worry about it, I, th I, I do, I think about it. Like when you look in the mirror, like that's where your eyes go. And you start to notice it with other people more. I mean, I think that's another aspect of it that's just unavoidable. Like when I was growing up, like I would notice if someone was bald bald, what they call bald bald. And, uh, but I, I, uh, I wouldn't really notice just like a receding hairline. Like if a guy was an adult who you know, his hair was going into a widow's peak and he had a bald spot on the back of his head. Like if he just, if he was an older guy who just had like some hair, I never really thought about it. But since I started losing my hair, like, I, like when I see a guy like that, I'm like, oh, he's at this stage of hair loss. Oh, his hairline is there. Oh, what's going on with his hairline? Like you do end up kind of focusing on that. But I learned through that boss just like not to talk about it and not to worry about it because this guy was just, it was on his mind constantly, and he was always saying something about it. Um, and it just the whole point of that story, though, is just like when he pointed out that this guy uh, at the grocery store was balding, I was like, oh, like, the three of us were talking to that guy and laughing with him and just kind of amused that we were having this interaction with the grocery store cashier. Meanwhile, in the boss's mind, he was just like thinking like bald, bald, balding. What's funny about that though, is I see that cashier to this day, he's not balding. He's got like one of those mature hairlines as they call it. But like that guy hasn't lost a hair off his head in the last 10 years, 12 years. The old 12 years. So like, my boss was actually hallucinating that this guy was losing his hair. Um, which is pretty funny to think about. But anyway, back to the point, the other point, was just like people focusing on like one thing about you. And, you know, eye contact is, is weirdly intimate and like standing face to face and talking to somebody is weirdly intimate. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm confident in it. But what I don't like is like, people are looking at things. And there's a certain type of person who's really looking at your teeth, looking at other people's teeth. And you go to the dentist for, for that reason. That's why I went today, you know, I, I signed up for dental insurance again and I'm like, I gotta go. Because since I started having teeth problems again, like basically what I noticed is, um, 
like I was having pain in my lower teeth, kind of like just a dull pain. And then I really examined them again, because like I said, I brush my teeth in the dark. You know, I think I do a pretty good job. Not that maybe not the best job, but last, you know, five, six years, I, I think I take a decent job. It's just that a certain amount of damage was done years ago. But because I started having this pain, I was like, really, I'm, I'm gonna really look at them. And one, there's like the gum recession issues, things like that. But one thing I had no idea had happened is all of a sudden I have a crossbite, what they call a crossbite, meaning like on one side of your teeth you have an overbite, and on the other side you have an underbite. And it's it started to like pull my, like when I smile, like one side of my mouth doesn't go up as high, and it goes down on the on the bottom of it. So it's it's like this. Uh, it's probably not that noticeable if you were just talking to me, but like when I just like really make a, a terrifying smile into the mirror, like teeth smiles are always terrifying. Like it's one thing when, when people like have a good smile and they show like the top row of their teeth when they do it, that always, that looks good. But there's a certain sort of person who does this like full toothed smile where they show all their, their top and bottom teeth and I've never really understood what that, that is, because it's really scary. Where they just show the, all their teeth. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, does, is your mouth naturally doing that? Because I have to put, you know, real effort in to make my mouth do that. And, um, turn around here. And, uh, but anyway, like, if I try to do that right now, it's weird because it's like my lip on one side doesn't go up as high as the other and then on the, the bottom like one of the lips goes down uh, lower so it's like yeah my mouth is really fucked up so I'm like when did this happen because I had braces for years as a kid like until I was 13 I pretty much constantly had braces and Somehow, my teeth have shifted in recent years. Because in my mind, this was all happening in the last week. Like, as soon as I noticed this, I was like, this must be happening as I speak. And the thing is, you become obsessed with it. Like, every morning for the last week and a half, when I wake up, the first thing I do is closely examine my teeth and be like, oh, is it shifted? Because the problem with the jaw, like, the teeth now are... You know, like I said, there's a crossbite, so they're not aligned. And so, like, some teeth are, like, grinding against each other, and others don't even touch. And then I'm just, like, focusing on that. I'm like, oh, is this tooth grinding this tooth down overnight? Is, did it shift a centimeter overnight? Is it shifting throughout the day? But anyway, I went to the dentist and uh, weirdly, you know, I, I mentioned that I hadn't been to the dentist for 12 years until 2019 and I didn't have any cavities or damage. It was just the gum periodontal sort of issues, which are really major. But still, like I was amazed that like the teeth themselves didn't have any cavities or anything. 
But then I went this time and I had three. Which is just kind of weird, because during those 12 years before, you know, I would just stay up all night, stoned, eating, and not brush my teeth. I'll get blackout drunk multiple times a week and just go to pass out, not brush my teeth. Zero cavities. So now in the last three years, you know, taking pretty good care of my teeth, I had three, but oh well. The nice thing is that uh, the, just a, a tooth update here. The nice thing is I, uh, they said like the gum recession is actually, like my gums are healthier than 2019. And even though like the roots are kind of exposed a little bit, they said there, there's no real, nothing too concerning about them. Because I tell them, you know, I, I want them to, I don't mind if they scare me. Like I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth about what's going on. So like I, I don't want them to sugarcoat what's going on with my teeth. But the big issue is just this crossbite. And I was like, you know, is this going to make my teeth fall out? If I, if I don't fix this crossbite, like, will it cause my teeth to be, like, grinded into nubs and then fall out? And they were like, well, you know, we don't know, but maybe. <laughs> it's not good. But I was like, what can be done about it? And they're like, oh, braces. Like, the only way to fix this would be braces. And we'll refer you to an orthodontist. And I'm just like, what? I kind of knew that, though. As soon as I noticed that I had this crossbite, which just came out of nowhere. But as soon as I, I noticed that I had that, I was like, yeah, I know the dentist can't fix this. This is, this is something like, maybe they can attach wires or something. I just, you know, I, I just, I had braces for so many years and I hated it. And it's been... 25 years since I had braces I just never thought I would have to get them again and they're so expensive because it's one of those things your parents always say to you like I'm sure every single kid who ever had braces heard this but the, your parents like if they if they get braces for you for the rest of your life they're always like I didn't pay for those braces for nothing you better take care of those teeth which is a very reasonable thing to say it's a very reasonable motivation to like tell your kids to keep their teeth taken care of but I, I just never thought I'd even be in a position to have to get them again hopefully it's just something simple but it's just it, I know they're insanely expensive too so you know and the, and the problem is you know you're not going to get necessarily a straight answer from the orthodontist like do I really need this because like I can go you know I can go out through I can go through the rest of my life with a crossbite. Like I can live with that as long as like my teeth aren't gonna fall out. Or it's not gonna get significantly worse to the point where I look like, you know, a complete freak. But they always like want you to do it and this and that. So it's really just a question of like, do I absolutely need to have this done? And if I do, how urgently? Because I don't know if I'm mentally ready to get braces again right now. I don't know if I'm ready in any way to get braces again right now. But it's funny, you know, they, there was this, uh, I guess it was a study I saw a few years ago. And it talked about, you know, the most common nightmares around the world, country by country. 
And in every developed country, every Western country, every developed country, first world country, the number one nightmare was something happening to your teeth. And I've had that nightmare many, many times. I had one the other night, which for obvious reasons, because I've been hyper-focused on my teeth lately. But I... Yeah, the number one is is teeth. And I've had those dreams a million times. Like, I've had dreams where my teeth are just really just brittle and they're just crumbling in my mouth. (laughs) They're just crumbling in my mouth in the dream. I've had dreams, like the other night it was a really weird one where like I looked in my mouth and my teeth were totally translucent. They were all there but they were totally translucent and there was like this weird it wasn't blood it was just like this weird almost like gore inside of them not not really gore i don't know kind of almost like like pink and purple matter that's the only way i could describe it like like my teeth were totally translucent and there was just like this pink and purple organic matter inside of them and it, and it was as if there was some some sort of, they were diseased or something. It wasn't as gross as it sounds. It's what it reminded me of is as a kid, like every once in a while, they would make an action figure that had uh, like an invisible torso with like something inside of it. I think there was a He-Man toy where he had an invisible. It was like a knight, like a robotic knight. And he had an invisible torso, and like you could see the gears inside of him, and they were colored. It was kind of like that. Or like Krang from Ninja Turtles or something, where like, like imagine like Krang, the brain guy, encased in clear plastic. Like that's kind of what my teeth looked like in this dream. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm glad that was just a dream. And I know why I had that dream. But yeah, in the Western world, you just have a ton of teeth dreams. Like the number one nightmare. And you know, bad dream. Like there's diff- there's a difference. I may, have, I may have talked about all this recently. I don't know. But uh, there's a difference between a bad dream and a nightmare. You know, a nightmare is like terror. Whereas a bad dream is like something deeply unsettling and upsetting, but you're not really in terror. And so I would say teeth dreams tend to be bad dreams, not necessarily nightmares. And there is a distinction there. Like, if you don't know the difference between a nightmare and a bad dream, you don't, you don't understand dreams. You don't, know, you, don't, you don't really understand dreams at all. But, uh, yeah, what's funny about that, though, is this same study, like, all of the third world countries, all of the countries in Africa, basically anywhere that's non-Western and undeveloped, underdeveloped, the number one bad dream is snakes. So if you're in the developed world, you have dreams about losing your teeth, things happening to your teeth, your teeth crumbling, your teeth falling out. If you live any other place, if you live, if you, if you live in the jungle, you're having dreams about snakes, which makes complete sense. Like that's probably the biggest concern. If you live in Africa, you probably spend a lot of your time obsessing about snakes. Oh, is that a snake? Is that snake gonna get me? 
when I saw that, I laughed out loud because I saw it was a map of the entire world. And in each country on the map, it just said what the number one bad dream was. And it was always, without fail, it was like always snakes in those countries and always teeth in other ones. Um, but anyway, as I was going to mention at the beginning, and I know why I was thinking this, but uh, when I was a, a teenager, my mom and I went to dinner at this old friend of mine's house. He's the kid I've mentioned on here because he, he's now a woman, really a, a very surprising one. Very surprising that he decided to do that. But anyway, at the time, he was just kind of like a, a, a normal kid who played soccer. And so we went to dinner, and I never, I, I don't like going to dinner at people's houses. It's a nice gesture, and I know it makes me weird. I know it makes me, like, I, I'm 100% aware of the fact that I'm the weird one. I like to eat alone. Growing up, my mom and I would just eat sitting on the couch. Like, she would be sitting in her chair, I would be sitting on the couch every single night. Never sat down at a table. Just watching TV, eating on the couch and in the big easy chair. And I've always been really uncomfortable sitting at a dinner table with people. So it made me even more uncomfortable like when you'd go over to a friend's house as a kid and like you all have to sit at the table together. It's a, it's a wonderful thing that people do together. I'm not that, I'm, I'm just not wonderful. I don't like to do that. So we went over to this friend's house and his family was just like the parents and, a, and an only child. And we were sitting at their dinner table and they had a projector set up. And they were like, while we eat, or maybe it was like after we eat, but either way, it's while we're all at the dinner table. I think it was probably while we were eating dessert. The mom who ran the household, she was really uh, dominant. She was like, we're gonna show you a slideshow of this soccer game from last year. And it's, it's where the refs, the referees cheated our team out of a win. Like, the, the refs favored the other team, which was just constant. Like, I played a lot of youth sports. I played youth baseball for a few years, played youth soccer. Then I played football for years. Just a constant comment. Just constant commentary on the sideline. Oh, the ref, all the refs. They sided with the other team. They, they prefer the other team. Like... There's these constant accusations of bias against the youth sports refs. And you know what? Like those youth sports refs, they, they probably see things, they, they probably like see a, a team sometimes and they're like, eh, I don't like them. But realistically, like, like this, the idea that there's this constant conspiracy going on where the refs get together and they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna favor this team. It's absurd, but like we're so paranoid, we're, we're so paranoid as people that when things don't go our way in a sports game, our go-to is just, oh, the refs, the cheating. 
the other team's cheating and the refs are making it happen. You know, it's just a go-to. I mean, it's the same as a sports fan. Like, I still feel that way. Like, when the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl to the Pittsburgh Steelers, was that 2005? I'm forgetting what year that was. The refs made some bad, bad calls. And Mike Holmgren, the coach, even said at the press conference afterward, like, I didn't know we were going to be playing against the refs, too. But, you know, it felt that way. And, you know, as a sports fan, there's sometimes you're like, these refs are just making really bad calls, and it's all against my team. But anyway, uh, this dinner, like, they sat us down at this dinner table, which is already awkward. It's already really awkward as a kid to go over to another kid's house with your mom and you sit down with like all the parents and you're you're you know having this sit-down dinner together it's like let's just order a pizza and run around the house you know why are we doing this and uh to make it even stranger you know they they had a projector set up in the in the dining room and so we watched the, this slideshow of, uh, of, of like, this, this soccer game where this great injustice was done to their team. And it was amazing. Like, I'm not... Like, it was very weird that they did this. But, it, like, the photos were amazing. Like, you could see, like, the anguish on people's faces. And the soccer coach was this English guy who was the dad of another kid, who I didn't really know, but he went to my school. But this kid's dad was from England. So of course he was the soccer coach. He probably had no qualifications to coach soccer. They're just like, oh, your, dad, your dad's English? Your dad's an Englishman, you know? Uh, he's, uh, he's hired. But there, there was like this photo of that kid, the coach's son, like which is his face just like tormented on the sideline and his dad was having to hold him back like his dad had him in almost like a bear hug restraining him and the kid was like reaching through like trying to get to these refs like i'm like what was he gonna do what was this like 15 year old kid gonna do is he gonna attack the refs and i remember my mom being like my mom like was the type of person where if she was watching a movie or being shown photos she comments on them she gives people what they want, you know? She would give people what they want, where it's like, she's like, I think at one point my mom's like, oh, you know, you can see the anguish on their faces. Because you could. Like, it was just these photos of these, like, dejected kids who think the refs are conspiring against them, and, like, the coach's son is so upset that he's having to be physically restrained, and you can just see the torment on his face. <laughs> and, uh... Then uh, there were also photos of the refs too, which is funny. Like there was like a photo of the ref just blowing the whistle. And like it was funny though, because like with this narrative in mind that like this these were bad refs, like just a photo of the ref blowing the whistle, you saw it and you were like, oh that that asshole, that that scumbag. You know, it was like you you projected onto it. But why that was in my head is. My dentist, my dentist actually looks like the soccer coach. 
And my dentist isn't from England, but he, I, he must be Hungarian. His name's Attila. It's one of the reasons I like having him as my dentist. His name's Attila. And he goes by Dr. T. Because he has some Hungarian last name. But he goes by Dr. T. But he looks exactly like this soccer coach who I never even met in person. I just saw these slides. That's a, a kind of an amazing idea that like, I didn't even know this family had a projector. And like their big idea was to invite my family over for dinner and show us a slideshow of this soccer game where the refs just, you know, conspired to, to ruin a bunch of kids' day. Children can run free. 